Hello and welcome to this really special episode of the Lorgoifs. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Justin. I'm A.E. And I'm Bob. And we are here to talk about the upcoming new set, our favorite deep Vorthos lore takes on the new modern horizons. Hooray! Before we get into that, we got a couple people to thank. We do. Like our friends over there at Card Kingdom. Oh, thank you, Card Kingdom. Did you know that right now, if you spend $25 or more on sealed Modern Horizons product at Card Kingdom, that they'll give you a sheet of really awesome modern stickers? Oh, sticks! Ah! Oh, dredge! Oh, humans! No mono red prison, though. No mono red prison. I'm afraid Maybe. that's not the top. That's, that's <laughs> not one of the top decks. I, <laughs> I know. I'm just, it's okay. It's not. I'm sorry. Does anyone even still, still play it. that anymore? I, um, <laughs> I still play that. Bob. Oh. Well, anyway. Wow, that was awkward. <laughs> that was really, I'm sorry. It's okay. I guess I, I'm just going to have to like get like Grix's Death Shadows so I can enjoy these stickers. Yes. But you know what else we really enjoy? The patronage of our patrons on Patreon. Indeed. So to thank them this week, we're giving away a foil Rakdos, a showstopper. Ooh. I wrote the, I wrote the, <laughs> I wrote the name and the flavor text. And the flavor text reads, entertain me, but in a Moulin Rouge, Rouge soda way. So how do they sing that? Here we are now. Entertain, entertain us. us. Entertain, entertain us. us. There's so much blood. <laughs> wait, wait, shouldn't, shouldn't we rename this card to Gideon's Promise 2? No. Oh. 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 Too, Too soon. soon. <laughs> Too soon. And... This Rakdos is going to shop the stove for Mark, our patron Mark. Thank you so much, Mark. Congratulations, Mark. Yes, we are going to be sending you this excellent Moulin Rouge-themed... Well, it's actually just regular Rakdos, but when is Rakdos not Moulin Rouge-themed, really? Yeah, Yeah. they're all Moulin Rouge. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, they have a red house. Yeah. And a red windmill. It's because of blood, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. They clean it up from time to time. Yeah, it's a wind... They've definitely got a windmill of blood in the back. we're going to do our best to squeeze as many Rakdos blood witches doing the can-can as we can. Get a can-can-can! Get a can-can-can! Get a can-can-can! Into the envelope, just for you. (laughs) We might not even fit one, but we'll try also, I wanted to do a quick shout out to the couple of folks who've already answered our War of the Spark giveaway question about which would you rather fight, a whole bunch of tiny Bantus or one big Bantu? I believe that was the, the question. So we will be um, tweeting out the question shortly this week, and you can respond to that, and we will select a winner from those epic responses. Yes, and Michelle's been busy doodling. Oh, actually, we've all been busy doing a bunch of little doodles, so there's a nice little sentimental Lorgoyf yes. value there, too. Um, epic works of art, uh, definitely. I, I'd say that our style is more like Pollock meets Dali. With a little bit of Frida Kahlo. For full disclosure, I don't doodle. Yeah, that's a very... I didn't want to get them to get their hopes that's up. That's a very postmodern way. I mean, basically, A is going to give you a blank page. And yes. it's very it's just, very Just like my hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Minimalist. Uh, you mean like a canvas on which you can write your hopes and dreams well, on. It's like if you are on A's page and you see like the shadow of your head or your hand on that page, it makes you reflect on the ephemeral like quality of life and how we're really all just shadows. Yeah. We all come back to the void. Yeah, coming to the void. Like, yeah, you're actually probably the most like deep cutting of all the artists. Void we came to void we go. This blank oblivion is really all we have to wait for. (laughs) I'm so depressed. (laughs) (laughs) No, rejoice. Rejoice. Then you can switch to our absurdity for nothingness. (laughs) (laughs) The pressure's off. Nothing matters. So, with that, let's head into some of our first topic, which is basically favorite cards from Modern Horizons. And also, uh, we're going to start ranking a few of our favorite creatures, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. First, are there any amazing cards you y'all have seen so far that have really made you rethink, you know, oh man, this is going to be awesome and modern or like, holy hell, I didn't think that that would actually be printed. So I I have one that kind of makes me excited and angry all at the same time. Oh. Is it Yawgmoth? It's Yawgmoth. This is the first time we are seeing Yawgmoth printed on a card. First time in all of magic. Yep. We've seen Yogmoth's yeah, demon. We, We've seen Yogmoth's creature. Like none of those actually contain Yogmoth. So it was always this mystery of what is Yogmoth? Is it a man? Is it a creature? Is it a demon? And 
now that veil has been lifted, and I feel like my imagination's been smashed. Oh. But the card's really good. <laughs> Why is your imagination smashed, Bob? Well, because I always like to think of of Yogmoth as this big old powerful, like almost unincorporal being, right? So like like the cloud floating over Urborg is yeah. actually like the embodiment of what's left of of Yogmoth, who doesn't necessarily have a specific shape. He's just he is. The shape of evil. So you were thinking about Yogmoth's taint. In this his is final, his final uh, stage. Oh, Did you yeah. say his taint? Yeah. Well, well, sir, well not, 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 I believe not, that's not the taint exactly you're thinking about. But yes. <laughs> but yes. Uh, but sir, this is this is before he <laughs> gained all those uh, epic levels in villainy. Now this is when he's amongst the Thran Empire, fooling the Thran, taking control of them, distributing plagues around various peoples on Dominaria, and trying to take it. Over from the Thran. Um, I think it's really clear poison, that yeah. yeah, he made a he made an exchange in his character. Uh, I think when we see the young Yogmoth here in the prime of his life, I mean, you can tell that there's something a little bit supernatural and extraordinary about him because who in their right mind can tight line their eyes <laughs> so freaking well? Like that's just amazing. I mean, Justin, I know that you've been doing your own eyeliner for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't get my eyeliner to look that amazing. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. So it's like, this is a man who gets up in the morning and, and like really commits to that very, yeah. like it, And I imagine that, you know, with a look like that, how, of course, empires would fall. Yeah. Of I course, mean, people he, would be slain. He, if looks could kill. He has yeah. a lot so of plagues to distribute and a lot of people to torture, but still, he... <laughs> He starts each day right. <laughs> yeah, with putting putting some what will eventually be Phyrexian oil based eyeliner, the yes. really thick yeah. stuff, the, the stuff that doesn't come. In fact, off. we really should get that sponsorship. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I feel like I really feel like he he really mastered that whole eyeliner meets like uh, he probably smoked that out a little bit mm -hmm. too. You can actually see if you look really closely. It, you know, it, it looks like the shadow based on the very dim and exquisite lighting mm -hmm. of the photo uh, of the portrait that he actually looks like he's got some shadow coming out. Yeah, I think that the contouring here is particularly great. And I think that um, it complements his five o'clock shadow really, really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, you know, we've heard so much about Yogmuth and now seeing him in the flesh, I am blown away by the fact that he was apparently just a makeup king. Step aside, Kevin Aquan. We've got a new guy in the building. Indeed. And it is Yogmoth. I do have a few flavorful things to say about Yogmoth. First of all, the, the actual card itself is Yogmoth, Grand Physician. It's two black black for a 2-4 legendary creature, human cleric. He's got protection from humans activated ability pay one life sacrifice another creature to put a negative one one counter on up to one target creature and draw a card and then black black to discard a card and proliferate and the reason why i'm going through all of these abilities is because these abilities have been the most flavorful abilities i have ever seen on a magic card i'm going to borrow from what james hassan said on a mythic spoiler page he said, it looks like a sick card, pun intended, mechanically. Oh, James, we'd get along so well. <laughs> uh, but I love the lore and how the mechanics line up brilliantly with Yagamoth's story. Protection from humans. Yagamoth manipulated his way to leading the most powerful human empire by creating plagues only he could cure and setting himself up as a hero. The pay one life to sack ability, experimenting on non-humans unethically to gain knowledge, and the proliferate ability, using his ill-gotten knowledge to destroy the human empire and most of the life on Dominaria while establishing the mechanical Phyrexian empire. The flavor and the mechanics of this card are so well done. And the portrait and the art in this card is just so fantastically well done. It's extremely creepy, just the lighting and the mood of the card. You actually see like the Thran civilization in red, glowing red behind Yogmoth in his laboratory. And it, it's like a blood red. And I saw this and I, it took my breath away. I think this is an excellent depiction, both in the art and in the mechanical flavor of Yogmoth before he became the king of the machines, the, the Phyrexian overlord. And also that 
sweet looking buckle. Oh yeah, the oh buckle gosh. too. Not just the eyeliner, not just the greasy looking wet look hair thing that I think Kim Kardashian completely ripped off for this year's Met Gala, but also accessorizing very well. Yogmoth, we applaud you. Yeah. Yeah. And do recall that the uh, Thran was that space age civilization we saw in ancestral visions. Also, one of the important things about creating these cards is that we're filling in characters which were always referenced in the lore but never had cards themselves. So previously you could be somewhat afraid of Yogmoth's will, Yogmoth's bargain, but now you get the experience the pure terror of facing down Yogmoth or Urza for that matter in, in Commander. So it's going to yeah. uh, uh, create a, a strong emotional reaction. Or in oh, Draft, no. can you imagine facing this in Draft? That would be horrific. So yeah. Absolutely we, horrific. Now we yeah. get a strong emotional reaction to these historical characters which have been an important part of magic history and this set does that for many characters. So one of my favorite flavor like triumphs, not just in terms of flavor with the, just with the creative text, but also with the design of the card is mirrored and besieged. This is an enchantment for two and a blue. It's a rare. And it depicts the Mirans just fighting back in this big salvo. I'm guessing it's probably a little bit early in the uh, war on Mirrodin slash New Phyrexia, where you see basically what looks like automatons made by Jin Kataxis attacking this group of united citizens. What's amazing about it is that if you actually look at the abilities, um, they are incredibly powerful. So the first one is Mirren. You get to choose. It's actually reminiscent of the um, choice, I guess, those uh, enchantments that you got to have the, the, the sieges. The sieges, the yeah. sieges during, um, I think, Fate Reforged. Yeah, because you had to choose between cons or yeah. dragons. Yep. And now you're choosing between... Mirren and Phyrexian. Now, when you look at the Mirren ability, it says, whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. Now, that's a really cool way of looking at the way the Mirrens were mobilizing, right? Because they're creating artifacts, they're creating more troops on the ground, they're trying to fight back. When you look at the Phyrexian ability, which is at the beginning of your end step, draw a card and then discard a card. If there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. That is an incredibly powerful long-term card advantage strategy that really rewards you for having a bunch, like basically having the bodies of the Mirrens in your graveyard. And it's just so flavorful because in the short term, the Mirren option will get you there. But if you're looking at the long game, the Phyrexian option is actually what you really want. So it, it really depicts that struggle between the two sides really well. And it was just super flavorful. Talking about bodies in the graveyard, this is probably an ad for cremation here, hmm. but it's actually Hogak, the Arisen Necropolis. So this card is, oh, is yeah. rather, I think this card is not going to make waves. We're not going to see it played. It's going to be a semi-limited bomb. But that art just reminds me of old school magic. This corpse leviathan is like raising out from the ground. I just, I feel like that's art we don't see as much anymore. Uh-huh. Like, I'm actually really impressed with the overall art style of this set. And it's, it's gone back to its roots a little bit. It's still respectful, right? So we're not seeing, like... Like, it's less... It's not still not, like, super occulty, like, you know, old-school magic was. Mm-hmm. That art just maybe wouldn't be considered family-friendly anymore. But I, I think this set totes that line in, in a lot of good ways. Yeah, um... Another really cool thing that we just didn't expect but has come back is ninjas. Yes. We are getting lots and lots of ninjas. All the ninjas. There are some questions as to whether or not all of these ninjas are on Kamigawa or if they are elsewhere. Now, yeah. Yeah. So as you can see, we have vampire ninjas. uh, We have snaky ninjas. We have Vidalcan ninjas. In general, most of these cards are not tied to a specific plane and you shouldn't necessarily stretch for that. That wasn't the point of this set. Yeah, I mean, the, the remember that this set is also basically an homage to Time Spiral. So we're seeing like ninjas on different planes. We're seeing ninjas that are vampires and whatnot. I mean, I think I could still imagine like a, an alternate reality where, you know, Kamigawa is actually really, really big. And we have different ninjas you of different Naga kinds. Ninjas there. We have Naga ninjas and Vidalkan ninjas. I think that could be possible. If there's a plane where you're sure there are no ninjas, that's when you should suspect a ninja. Yes, 
Absolutely. There are actually ninjas on this plane still. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Michelle, you wrote on Twitter that if we go to a plane with ninjas, hopefully we'll see a return of pirates. So yes. we can have pirates versus ninjas. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, maybe one of these planes could just be a straight out all out war between pirates and ninjas. And I think that that would play out really well. Just my opinion. Thank you very much, Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there so, you go. It was really tough to choose my favorite sliver, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with Cloud Shredder's sliver. The flavor text is forked tails rustled, talons clicked, a lone sliver streaked overhead like jagged lightning, and the hive thundered. So, oh, it's just so beautiful. It's, it's just, really beautiful, yeah. That's a really gorgeous line of text. Both the art composition and the flavor text and the stat abilities uh, reference a Boros Legionnaire. This, these slivers fall in the same vein as the Time Spiral slivers. They often do callbacks to specific cards. So this one is Boros Legionnaire. The Dregscape sliver calls back to Dregscape Zombie. The Enduring sliver calls back to the... Uh, Enduring Scale Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, pretty exciting to see the sliver versions of some of our favorite creatures. I'm so glad that you filled me in on this, on the history of these slivers, because I look at the slivers and then I just instantly <laughs> shudder with fear. Well, sometimes well, we could shudder with delight. Yes, you can quiver with delight. And I actually posed this question on Twitter the other day, and I asked if slivers were cuddleable. And what is the cuddle, I guess, potential of the slivers of Modern Horizons? And then I was asked to create a list of the most cuddleable slivers in this set. And so uh, I, I, have, I brought this list, if that's okay, everybody. I'm going to... Oh, please go yeah. on. Yes. Yeah, I've yes. Got my Don't play stop. Set, play set of lightning bolts ready. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> when I was tasked by the internet to create this list, I, of course, thought about one of my favorite YouTube series, which is Unraveled by Polygon, uh, by Brian David Gilbert, really cool dude. And he recently discussed the cuddleability of all of the Mortal Kombat characters. And I thought that his analysis was super straightforward, very logical. I respected that. So taking inspiration from that, I decided to separate the slivers from the set into four different quadrants along two spectrums. So the first spectrum is high to low cuddle skill. Will the sliver actually be good at cuddling with you in bed, you know, like, or, or elsewhere? But the other half of that physical connection is also the emotional connection. And that means, you know, low versus high emotional commitment. Do we want the sliver that's going to just enter your life and cuddle you really well and just leave? Or do you want someone, you know, who has it both? And so I took it upon myself to actually go through all 10 slivers and categorize them in each quadrant. So the first quadrant I have is low commitment slash high cuddle skill. So these are the slivers that will love you and then leave you. (laughs) Basically, they'll cuddle you for one night and then it's just like, no, now they're gone. Yeah, they're just they're not really all that great with the cuddling. And the first one I actually have is spiteful sliver. I don't know if anyone else has any any thoughts about that. You think this would be high high cuddling? Yeah, high cuddling. Look, he has... Okay, first of all, Spiteful Sliver has four arms. That's at least three times as many arms as a normal sliver. And I'm just thinking of the, the hugging, you know, like more limbs equals, you know, more coverage and more... Hugging you, you, you and couple ability. You may have a point there, Michelle. I do yeah. notice there's a lot of spikes on his back, though, and uh, just make sure you're front facing. You know, like he's like the big spoon. You know, a, a tough a tough exterior top generally leads to a soft belly. Yes, and spiteful silver definitely has, I think, a lot of potential with um, being a really nice big spoon in that situation. That pose makes them look a little saucy too. Like, yeah, kind of like leaning forward and almost like a dance move or something. So yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, but it'll get mad that you, you didn't make it French toast in the morning, and so it'll huff and puff and leave in yeah, a tantrum, and it, then you'll never see it anything, again. If anything, it'll be like a hate cuddle. 
That's what the spiteful sliver is best at. It's the hate cuddle. I don't even know what a hate cuddle is. <laughs> it's basically like you're both really angry at each other. Just quivering. And, you just, just, and then you, you, it's like, but then that hate like tips into love and then you cuddle. I, I don't think it works that way. But I, it's, yeah, it's, it's then you warm, you'd be warm at least. Yeah. And then, and then they leave because it was really awkward. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Good, good, good to know. What, what's another one on your list? Uh, so lava belly sliver actually also falls into low commitment slash high cuddle skill. I think lava belly sliver has one of the softest, smoothest looking bellies of any sliver I've seen. I think it's cause it's pink. It's hard to look away from, honestly. That's hot. It's, it's, yeah, it's hot. Real yeah. hot. It's, like it's going to be some really toasty cuddling with this sliver, lava belly sliver. The I reason, can feel it yeah, on the, my face the reason, emanating. <laughs> the reason why I, I, I put this sliver in low commitment, though, was when I looked at its abilities, which is when it, this creature enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to target player, planeswalker, and you gain one life. It has that vibe of like a bad ex. You know, like they come to a party and you weren't expecting them and you feel like, oh, oh, that pain of awkward. Oh, just this isn't great, you know, and then they come back and then someone flickers them and just keep coming back and they just keep dealing damage to you. And it's like, this is not great. I see that. I also see the fact that because it's a lava belly sliver, like it's until death does you part and you're dead after one. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Or imagine yourself at the same party and then that sliver brings one of their friends and then they just like stare at they give you like the one point of damage stare Mm -hmm. and then that sliver brings one of their friends and then they also give you a one point of damage stare meanwhile they keep on coming into the party like into the battlefield i'm getting life because they're heating my sauna in my bathtub yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so just draw me another bath baby this is this is not a long-term relationship (laughs) yeah this is not a long-term relationship sliver is what i'm trying to say speaking of um other fickle Slivers, um, the first sliver, definitely, it's a 7-7, seven, seven, so it's really big, it's gonna get in there, it's gonna cuddle with you, and you're gonna feel completely surrounded. You will, it can incubate you. Yeah, it can incubate you, um, and you're gonna be toasty warm underneath all of those limbs. You know, I think the first sliver is going to have a lot of commitment issues. They are, in fact, the first sliver, and with Cascade happening, there's just gonna be something happening all the time yep. like there's a lot of people demanding its attention a lot of baby slivers coming in and being like hey you know you haven't saddled me in a while can you do that and it's just you know you're never going to really get a lot of good quality cuddle time with the first sliver you know what they say cascading like rabbits yep and i, I just think like whenever you're dating a leader it, it's just like a sacrifice you have, you to, have make. to you have to accept that because yeah. first sliver can't just be caring for you they have to care for the whole hive. Exactly. And and that's just... I know some people like that kind of relationship. I, I'm going to say that I don't. Polyslivery? So. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't handle me at my worst, then you, you can't handle the, the hive at its best. I suppose I, so. Yeah. It's hard to say. If you can't cascade into a 1cc, you don't deserve to cascade into a 4cc. Uh, okay. Yes. So the last... <laughs> You just keep on going and going and going after that. <laughs> that's what that's what this does. It just goes through your entire deck, and you just cascade after cascade after so cascade. Not quite. And for, I wish it worked like that. It doesn't work like that initially. So the first ever has to be in play before you can get the full chain. Oh, yeah, yes, that's true. That is true. Um, but if you could cascade, cascade twice, goes on the stack. Yeah, if you could I, cascade into multiple slivers at once, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, that would be great. But so, oh. I, I still, I still maintain that it, it's not the highest commitment sliver. You know. Okay, so Michelle and Bob yeah. and AE because you've been playing Magic. I thought for, about this for a really long time. So if you cast the first sliver, you get a cascade trigger. Yeah, yeah. but the cascade goes on top of the the first sliver actually entering the battlefield. Oh, so your, your next sliver if you happen to pull. Yep. Doesn't get cascade because the first sliver is not on the battlefield. Not on the battlefield. Yep. But once they are on the battlefield, then it will work from then on. Yep. That's exactly how well, that works. Well, I learned something new today. Well, let's move on to the, the last sliver in this particular category, which is tempered sliver. It reads, sliver creatures you control have whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. 
And the thing about this particular silver is that it gets swole over time. So you're going to get some really good hugs from this sliver. So I think the cuddle potential is very, very high. I, I'm not really certain about the commitment level though, because it's constantly going to have to go away on like these training sessions to get these plus one, plus one counters. And then it'll come back with a plus one, plus one counters. It's like a coming and going thing. You're gonna it's not bringing you a bouquet of plus one, plus one counters. Yeah. It's bringing everybody. Yeah. Okay. Again, you, ha- you just have to decide if you can adapt to that sort of Absolutely. Romance peril. So I'm afraid that we've hit the low commitment, low cuddle skill. Oh, um, surely not for slivers. Yeah, for slivers, there's definitely a low commitment level, also not great at cuddling. And I think that we're unfortunately going to have to put Cloud Shredder Sliver into that category. Look at them. They're just, they're flying through the air. They're flying and they have haste. So they're just, they're dine and dash, basically. They, they are coming into your life and then they leave immediately. There's no time to actually build a relationship here. There's no time to really learn about, you know, your favorite ways and positions and ways of being caressed. They're just in and out. And that just doesn't seem very great. Also, the wings do not look like they're going to be very good cuddle material. They look kind of thin and flappy. And I, I just don't really like that sensation. And Talking it looks like it has shredding a... caress just doesn't sound. Yeah, like a cloud shredder sliver. If they're shredding clouds, imagine what they're going to do to my delicate skin oh. or your delicate sheets yeah the haste does imply that they have places to go and they're gonna be fidgety so anyway. and it, this one has a stinger yeah like they didn't put a thorax in it to you know keep it sheltered from the the natural environment it's just it's all flailing out there that's true but in the <laughs> wind but it's just this stinger it's just like there there there's no stinger but there there's oh, those oh it's a stinger shaped tails. like a lightning bolt like what's on Harry Potter's head they have these delightful tails streaking behind you like so many kites oh, tails it's oh gonna no. be beautiful oh no that well, is that is a let's stinger let's focus on a <laughs> Fortunately for slivers, this is the only sliver that's in the low commitment, low cat, low cuddle skill category. Oh, We're gonna move that thing away. I need to get some sliver spray. I understand you, Cloud Treasure. I appreciate you. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to high commitment, low cuddle skill. These are the slivers that are really devoted to you, but they're not super great at cuddling. A little awkward, maybe. Yeah, a little, they're gonna be really a little awkward. spiky. A little spiky. They might be elbow fair. you in the smell. face. And the first one that definitely makes this list is Dregscape Sliver. Now, I think there's a lot... Oh, this one probably smells really yeah, bad. Yeah, this one smells bad, and, you know, it's got flesh falling off of it. It's just, it's not really gonna be pleasant to hold rest to your chest and to snuggle into. You'll probably but, get a couple flesh-eating diseases. <laughs> but, but I will say this... Props to Dregscape Sliver for coming back. I mean, it has unearthed two. You can return this card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and it gains haste. So you, you're like, oh, man, you know, I'm not sure where I'm going to go, who, what sliver I'm going to cuddle with tonight. Dregscape Sliver is there for you. One night only. <laughs> and then it disintegrates. <laughs> no, it comes no, back. Not, not if you have frenetic sliver in play, then there's a 50% chance they stick around forever. How does that happen? Don't worry about it. So, but anyways, this is a so creature this is which... Why, this is why I just don't <laughs> play slivers and I don't play against slivers. This is loyalty beyond the grave. It's I a mean, beautiful thing. So, <laughs> combat math is so hard. Like, how the heck am I going to keep track of, like, all these sliver super abilities? You're not it's meant just, to, Justin. Like, you're just meant to submit into embrace a lovely... A lovely... You just... You can be a part of the... Hive oh. as food. So, just so, remember, triggers are for winners. <laughs> so the thing about so Dragscape Sliver isn't alone in this category. The next sliver, yeah. the next sliver that we've got, um, who is super not great at cuddling, but is super gonna be into you, is Hollowhead Sliver, the jockiest of all the slivers, <laughs> if I may say oh, so myself. Oh my um, So, you know, definitely like not unlike the bros that we see in the marina here oh in San Francisco. <laughs> he's a tutu. And and it's like He's just, you know, he's in and out. I like the, I like the way that they are curling around that rock there. It's super, you know, inviting, but there's not too much going on up in the brain area, which makes me think. <laughs> I was that, gonna say, I just don't, I don't think their brains in it. 
I, the, yeah, they're, their head's not in the game. If their head's not in the game when it comes to cuddling, you're not going to be a very good cuddler. But I think they're going to try. And I think that, you know, their rummaging ability, they're constantly trying to find another way to please you, but you're going to have to discard a card in order to make that happen. It's it's really tough. And I feel like it's going to be luck of the draw every night with a sliver. Yeah, but the their talk and their game is like at a 20. Yeah. But when it goes home with you, you realize that, oh, my gosh, like. You're, you're not a 20 at all. You're like a one. Yeah, no, they just, they've got a lot of muscle, but they don't know what to do with or it. Maybe like a two But their a head's half. like a perfect amplifier at a party. Like if oh, somebody yeah. forgot the boom box, all you have is the phone. You just like <laughs> tuck your phone in their head and just perfectly emulates out. <laughs> yeah, bro, I got you. <laughs> yeah, definitely a good party sliver, not good cuddle material. No. With that, we're going to head into the creme de la creme of the um, Modern Horizons slivers. We're going to start with actually Scuttling Sliver. Scuttling Sliver is the cutest of all the Modern Horizon Slivers. It's also a, it's a trilobite. And look at it. It's coming out of the, the cute little sea. And it's slept for a super long time. And it's here to, to be there for you. And, you know, like, it's so self-sacrificing. It's willing to, like, tap to and untap this creature so it's going to be there for you it's going to be alert for you it's kind of pseudo vigilant so it'll be always there for you yeah and not only that but look at how how cute that face is it's it's just like you know hi and you just want to take it in the 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 cheeks are just so round and you want to like pinch them and snuggle it i think it's deceptively cuddly though like hey you definitely have to be the big spoon in this relationship yeah it is definitely but it's also going to be a squirmer (laughs) <laughs> well, my concern is. Like, <laughs> well, are you sure? You think so? I thought like the haste sliver would be the squirmer. Oh, no, the haste sliver. Uh, we don't want to go into what the haste sliver is. Okay. Like that's a, that's like a dine and dash. Yeah, but... it's a one minute. Yeah, sliver. it's a one uh, minute, and then it's gone. Like let's cloud shredder sliver. I think the trilobite also, sliver. I'm pretty sure this one needs water to breathe. So you know. Give or take the situation. Have you seen the shape Beach of water? Cuddles. We can make it work. <laughs> we can make it work. <laughs> we I can make it the work. If Guillermo del Toro already provided a way to make this happen, I think that that's going to be fine. You know what? You, you make a good argument. I was concerned that this would be a little bit slimy and cold. Maybe my preference is lean more to the lava belly sliver. Um, well, we do have one more, two more slivers, actually, after the scuttling sliver, who is clearly the little spoon sliver. We have... Blade back sliver. There's a big spoon yes. sliver if I've ever seen one. But they've got really fantastic pecs. Even though they've got like a bit of a thorny hide, I think that there's a lot of like ample room there to get in there and just. Uh, and also the fact that they are really caring about hellbent. Like, even if you've got nothing, this sliver will do things for you. That's. That's commitment. This really. is like the down and out sliver. Like, you need a friend to really bail you out and give you a big hug. And, and kind of protect you from the oncoming goblin onslaught. Yeah. This sliver's got your back. With Blade hot, back. Yes. <laughs> and with a hot rod coloring scheme, no less. Yes. But the best and most cuddleable sliver and also most emotionally invested sliver is enduring sliver. Aww. It's in the name. I mean... They're going to build you up, basically. Like every every turn at sorcery speed, like they're just they're not just about themselves. They're about everybody. They're about you. You know, they they've got a super beautiful long tail to help cuddle you and keep you content. And it's a it's a relationship that's for the ages yeah, with this enduring. I mean, sliver. listen to this flavor text. Uh, time has ground mountains to sand, but the sliver will always love you. Absolutely. Aww. So, Endearing Sliver, you take our crown for most emotionally awesome, but also most cuddleable. Congratulations. You know, they made a huge mistake printing this sliver at Common because that kind of love is mythic rare. Oh, Absolutely. You're right, Justin. You're Absolutely. Right. Yeah, like Enduring Sliver may be a common. I just want an Enduring Sliver of my life. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, it may be a common, but that level of commitment, that level of cuddleability, that is mythic rare. It's mythic rare. You have to remember, though, like a PSA, cuddling with slivers is a dangerous game. Yeah. Because no, there's, there's no never downside. just one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you find all these new friends. If you see one sliver, I guarantee you there's at least one more. 
and if not five under your house right now. All upside. Uh, that's All a, upside. That's a, that's a good one, Bob. They're like <laughs> the, roaches. The They're slivers never just aren't one. outside the house. The slivers are coming from inside the house. <laughs> yes. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> and, with that, and with that, I think we're going to go ahead and head over to our sponsor segment. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us this long. We have a callback to our first sponsor from episode one. So we'll take a break for a few moments and we'll be right back. Hey there, this is Justin with Gonti's Totally Legit Secondhand Luxury Goods Warehouse, reminding you that this Saturday is your last day to pick up something special to spice up your modern life. So put down your cocoa, grab your collector roof, and hop on your trusty goat, because these deals are going, going, gone into the horizon. Horace! Horace! The damn steering horns ain't steering right! Now for some customer testimonials. I just bought a Mox Tantalite from Gonti's. Told them it looked lightly played and they gave me an additional 40% off. Actually, come to think of it, I wonder if it's real. Oh, look at my Universal Automaton. Bought it from Gonti, who pinky swore it would get along just fine with my legion of spiteful sliver pets. Thanks, Gonti. Swords! I just picked up the new ones. I don't care if they're underpowered compared to the originals. They're still swords. Swords! 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 Truth and justice? Yes, yes, yes! Sinew and steel and... Oh my gods, it's still crusty. I, I, I bought a farmstead cleaner to, to, to help me harvest my aether-enriched wheat, wheat crop. And, and, and now that the season's over... <sighs> The scarecrow won't stop stop following me, staring at me, smiling at me with that, that haunted, jagged grin. Even though it can't speak, I can, I can hear it laughing maniacally in my own mind, waiting for me to fall asleep. So come to Gonti's Totally Legit Secondhand Luxury Goods Warehouse, located at 4th and Panharmonicon, with plenty of goat parking in the back. Deals so lucky, you'll feel like you just saw a good fortune unicorn. Welcome back to the best episode ever. (laughs) (laughs) And you just love slivers so much. You're just saying that because we spent the last 25 minutes talking about slivers. You've never been more right. Guys, we finally found a sliver of joy in a year. Oh my god! (laughs) 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 So good! There's something to live for. <laughs> so in the darkness that is the the void of life, well, there's a sliver somewhere in the middle of that shadow. But you can still say, take some solace. Once you've come to the terms that there's no point to life and we're all going to die, you can take some joy in the simple slivers. I, I actually just see, like, you know, if you're the, like, the hope is the light in the darkness or whatever, A is actually the darkness and his slivers are the darkness. And the hope is what they're going to destroy. Because <laughs> the thing about being a beacon of light in the darkness is everybody knows where you are. And you are not in a good spot. That's a beautiful image, Bob. In this second segment, we're going to be answering all your questions. Uh, this first one is from Kaburi, the catbug Chidi, who asks, would Yogmoth wear a guy liner? Hell yes. Uh, oh, yeah. We've already uh, answered that one. So, no, 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 no. Back that, let's back that question up. Go ahead, Bob. I actually believe that uh, Yogmoth does not wear eyeliner. I believe it is... No, Guy Liner. Guy Liner? Guy Liner. Okay, maybe Bob and I were not privy to the nuance. So, okay, so Guy Liner is different than eyeliner because Guy Liner is eyeliner specifically marketed towards men. So it's man liner, which sounds like something... So this is like the war... So, okay. This is like the offensive war paint branding yes, stuff? This yeah. Is like, this is like the war paint stuff, yeah. Yeah. Either way, my answer is going to be the same. No. It is actually... Because ain't how nobody got look. time for that. It's 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 a magic tattoo that was put in there to make him look more professional, more pristine, and like make you take him seriously. He's a doctor, right? You have to listen to what the doctor says. And when your doctor looks at you meanly, you're like, oh god, <laughs> oh god, you got it. I'm gonna do it. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's maybe, maybe he's oil. completely <laughs> evil. <laughs> 
<laughs> question answered. Next question. <laughs> Brian, the encounter breaker, Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Waves. If Michelle could be as tall as she wanted, how tall would she be? Uh, 5'10". That would be pretty good. Have any of you progressed with auditioning for voice acting? No. No. So I auditioned for the Shadows of Innistrad story of the voice of all MTG, mm-hmm. and they do some great um, audio uh, reenactments. A little more serious than ours, some could say. What? How uh, could you take voice acting more seriously than we do on our podcast? So I auditioned for Stitcher Gerald. Didn't get it, but I got to be a mad alchemist instead. It's more fitting. I, I was Shauna for the Dominaria arc, which was awesome, but I should get back into that. I haven't tried. You should try. I've thought about it. I'm afraid of rejection. Well, oh, come on. You're quite... You should be used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that aloud? <laughs> Let me take that one back. <laughs> Auditioning for a voice actor a card. One, Bob. <laughs> oh, hey, I love, save us. I love a bit Don't of worry, and shade. There'll always be slivers waiting it. for you, but uh, <laughs> the... the uh, auditioning for voice acting gives you an appreciation for what they do. It is pretty tough. Next. Why are you guys so awesome and can you share some? What do, you, what do y'all think? I mean, I think that's what we attempt to do every week on this podcast is share our awesome with you. right? I think our awesome comes from us not being afraid to be who we are when we want to be us and just running with it. We don't care how crazy over the top silly we get. At the same time, we are not afraid to say what we think. And I, I think that's really what awesome is, is the ability to be yourself. Yeah, we, we started recording after, you know, hanging out in between pre-release events at the Little Chihuahua, which is across the street from our local game store. And we were just having a blast talking about magic lore. And, you know, eventually one of my friends, Yosh, said, hey, why don't we just... Do a podcast. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and here we are. And Yosh is still with us behind the scenes. He's yes. the man behind the curtain. He's the man behind the curtain. Do not ignore the man behind the curtain. The very suave man behind the curtain. He yeah. speaks softly and carries a big stick. Speaking- Yosh, paint me like one of those French girls. <laughs> In voice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, voice of all, MTG, we had this question. What kind of voice would human Yogmoth have? Urza, and whom would you cast? Oh, man. Oh, Sean Connery. Hands down. For Urza? Or for Yogmoth? For Yogmoth? I think Yogmoth would be um, David Tennant, I think. Or Hannibal Lecter. Uh, you oh. mean, oh, Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins would be such a good Yogmoth. I, I think I think it has to be English. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be English. It has to be English. <laughs> has to be smarmy. Um, another one's maybe like Tom Hiddleston, but I, I do think that Anthony Hopkins would make an excellent oh, Yogmoth. Who's the really famous Bollywood guy? Shah Rukh Khan? Yes. Shah Rukh Khan is also, Yogmoth? Also, I think his voice would be perfect. Why do you think it would be perfect? Like what, Because so what it's, are... got, it's got these twinges, right? Like it's, it's sly, it's romantic, it's convincing. You just want to love and break out into a dance number. And then like, he poisons I, you. And then he dies! <laughs> you know what, Bob? You made a good case. I made, okay. I made you this drink. <laughs> oh my god. I just really like want to, like, a Bollywood version of the Phyrexian Wars now. Oh, like, yes. Really so good. Oh my god. I was recently in India like, a couple months ago. Okay. And they do this big Pirates Bollywood live show. And I could easily see it being adapted. Oh my gosh. Well, so we're not gonna Urza. we're not gonna top that. Oh, you want? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Urza. Who would be cast for Urza? I think Sean Connery actually. Would be I think Sean Connery good. could also do it. Um, what would Urza sound like? He sound like the patriarchy, which is Sean Connery. <laughs> 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 Who is the main character of Schindler's List? I know that's a really old Schindler? depressing movie. Wow. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's move on. Uh, to Parencia with you. No, we, no let's pick. Like, we have to pick we, uh, a voice for Urza. Michelle says Sean Connery. The voice Taken sounds guy. like the patriarchy. He's the Jedi. Um, he's also a bad cop. Um, oh, crap. Deep Scottish voice. Oh. Um, the, uh, the, wait, Liam the, Neeson. Oh. 
and yeah, a I particular set yeah, of I skills. Can see that. And it's to build automatons <laughs> yeah. that are coming for your soul. Yeah. I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> Speaking of them killing entire planes, this next question is by uh, Senjuro Gels. What is the current state of old Phyrexian plane? Is it still there? Is there still, quote, life? So the issue is Urza soul-bombed it. Not everyone died. But then Yogmoth was killed on Dominaria, and all his creations on Dominaria perished with him. So it is an open question. In fact, maybe a little bit too serious for us to answer. But I think of Phyrexia as kind of like the office now with no boss. And they're just all <laughs> hanging around the water cooler. Except the water cooler is full of Phyrexian oil. So what you're saying is that Yogmoth is basically Michael Scott? Yes. <laughs> so what we're saying it should have been. <laughs> so we know that there has to be something there still, right? Because Karn is actually on this mission from God. With who's Urza. Well, no, he's trying to get Silex. back to Mirrodin. Like, to get back to Mirrodin to remove the Phyrexians. So this, this is a question about the original Phyrexians. The OG Phyrexians. Yeah, so I, I get it. I, I think the Phyrexians are eternal, almost. Like, I don't, I don't think there's actually going to be a good way to get rid of the Phyrexians that they wouldn't just kind of rebuild. Yeah, Urza can soul bomb them, sure. But who's all powerful? Not Urza. We had a mending for that. Wait, this, this is was pre- pre-mending? Pre-mending. Yeah, this is pre-mending. He did soul bomb it pretty good, but not completely. I, th- yeah, I, I think, believe that's I think it, it would was. be decimated, but I, I personally think it would come back. And, the office uh, is trashed. That was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and no well, one cares. They're yeah. just having a party. It's like, oh, you, you soul bombed us, so what? It's kind of like that episode of Office, or not episode, but the movie Office Space, where, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody stole his red stapler, so... Have you seen my steepler? <laughs> <laughs> Urza went and was, tried to burn the place down. So yeah. Captain Red Ram asks, what characters from Magic History would you like to see a legendary creature card for that wasn't printed previously? Hal and Elena, I want my Innistrad lesbians. I want them yesterday. I want them on a partner thing. Oh, super and cute. And I want them to be adorable together. And yeah, Hal and Elena. I, yeah, there we go. They gave me a Rick Smithies and Gerald and Giza, so I'm happy. Yeah, I don't actually know. That's a, that's a good question, huh? That's, that's a real good question. That I already had an answer for. Just joking, Bob. I'm sorry. I want them to, <laughs> I want them to reprint Davril Kane as a mythic rare planeswalker with abilities that, like... Actually echo. Yeah, act, like our yeah. flavorful abilities. I got really excited that Davril Kane was going to be in the set, but I thought he'd be blue-black, and I, I thought he would have abilities that allowed him to... Or like cast a spell from your opponent's graveyard and then that opponent would take damage or you would take damage as a result of him taking on the abilities like in the story. But you know what? Maybe we'll get that in the future. Justin wants to see him in evening wear. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? You know, I think so. I think Davril Kane would be a thrill for like the first several dates, but then you'd catch on to him real quick and find out how lazy he is. And then it would just be like. The trick to being in a relationship with Davril Kane is to constantly befuddle him. You need to present an intellectual challenge. But he befuddles demons, like. Oh yeah, no, I'm talking like we are basically. I'm gonna. I'm creating the most mono blue planeswalker that's like sassy, imaginable, and then like that would be Davriel Kane. Speaking of dating planeswalkers, let us know if you'd like us to rate dating profiles for planeswalkers. Steve Fontaine asks, which MBTI types do you think the main MTG story characters are? There's a lot of characters. So I'm not too familiar with these types, but my impression was sensing is blue, intuition is red, thinking is blue, feeling is red slash green. Red I'm going to run with they're mostly extroverts. There are a few introverts in there, but most of them are extroverts. I, I'm going to say that um, that Tamio is definitely INTJ. I, I think that... It, the thing is, like, we're not super familiar with MBTI, and that's actually, like, an entire episode's worth of stuff. Yeah, that's like a article. I think, yeah. fundamentally, the uh, color identity is a stronger way to uh, classify people than these types. MBTI. But, I, yeah, I mean, like, we, you yeah, know. It, this is a tough one. Enough, it, it's, it's a yeah. really good, stumpy question that maybe we could plan an episode like, around. Maybe, maybe Gideon is an ENFJ. But, yeah, I think that we're going to put a pin in that question and we can revisit it because it's a good one. Because I have one. to learn a lot. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do some not research. I'm not up on all these cool, hip terms. With... 
<laughs> the shenanigans. Yeah, which, which ones do you think are TGIFs? Tybalt. Tybalt's definitely a TGIF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. okay <laughs> it's Kelsey, a party animal. <laughs> Kelsey asks, what is your favorite weird creature type? Kelsey says hers is Lamas. Lamasu. Lamasu. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, what no is worries. a Lamasu? Those are from Ravnica, the strange flying. You saw the hunted Lamasu, and we had yeah. one reference in the flavor text yep. recently. My favorite um, obscure one is Kirin. Kirin, okay. I think, only appeared like once or twice in, in uh, Tarkir. But they're the ones who are blowing everyone's lands up in modern, right? Yeah. But they were also heralding Spirit. the uh, appearance of Sarkon, which was cool. They're like heavenly goat creatures, which is always fun. Oh, heavenly goat creatures. Yeah, that heavenly sounds, like spirits. That and, sounds lovely. Yeah. So, like part dragon, part goat. Naturally, I would say slivers, but those are perfectly natural and normal. And those are not obscure. Certainly not. I'm uh, kind of I'm kind of digging oofs. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. There it oof, is. Oh, yeah. Oofs, there it is. <laughs> I'm from Hawaii, and uh, oof is an expression for what might happen if a really attractive sliver comes over and spends the night. I work for a game company where it's the dying sound, and Gary goes, oof! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's French, so I think it's Ofei. Ofei? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I think Bob is full of oof. <laughs> so, Bob, what's your favorite? I think it might be fungus. Fungus is pretty obscure, yeah. Or mold. Like, there's nothing better than... Uh, Giving your creeper mold plus six plus six and trample and then blocking all of Doug's creatures and turning them all into creeper molds. <laughs> was it what set was was this from Eldritch Moon? Yes. Oh, that card was so annoying. I gave it the ability to block as many creatures as I wanted and then oh, I pumped it up. Gosh. Oh my turns wow. all of his creatures all of into, into molds. Oh, no. That's like the spirit, 1-3 spirit, right? Is that what you're talking about? It's a 1-3 mold, yeah. I think it's a spirit, but... Is it a spirit? It's green. Whatever. It's one green green for this 1-3 that whenever it deals damage to a creature, it, it, well, those creatures well, become... it's a mold in my heart if it, in fact, is a spirit. Mine is oyster, as in giant oyster. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Timbuktu asks, which creature or character would you use to represent Superman... And Wonder Woman from the Justice League. Superman. So, uh, Superman is definitely what? Like white, red, not so much blue. Definitely <laughs> white, red uh, in terms of color identity, I think. So, gosh. given tropes, it's it's Gideon. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just this is kind of a, a simple, like, comic book trope, right? Is you have the Invincible Man. Yep. Like, Superman fits this. This is the Thor in. Um, the Marvel world. It's this indestructible character who just keeps taking a beating and keeps getting back up. In our magic realm, it's Gideon. Yep. So Gideon's definitely Superman, but I think for Wonder Color Woman... Identity. Oh, Wonder Woman going... is is a very red character. Oh, yeah. Um, she she I, fights I, with her heart. I have one. Uh, oh, Najila really? the Blade Blossom. She, and all her warriors are the uh, warrior women. <laughs> From that, oh, from that. that's a really good one. <laughs> Rachel Agnes, you are now Wonder Woman. <laughs> and also, I hate Bob's Nadila deck. It's oh. so terrible and really good. Ending Commander games on turn four oh, feels yeah. so great. <laughs> I was, yeah, I saw, like, I stepped outside to, like, go get uh, uh, LaCroix or something. And then I came back five minutes later. Bob, Doug, and Eli had just started a commander game when I left. And then when I came back... It was done. Bob was, like, attacking with all of these warriors. It was, like, turn four. And it was done. I was like, wow, this has got to set the Guinness Book of World Records for quickest magic game. Yeah, I, I pretty much said math is for defenders, <laughs> and you guys can figure it out. Yep. So, so, yeah, I think Najila is a really good candidate for Wonder Woman. I... So... Bear with me, it's a bit of a stretch. Okay. If we was if we had to go Planeswalker, I think I would actually fit Nissa into that role. Ooh. And now, here's why. Because I agree with you on the red aspect. Yes. For sure. I think that normally Wonder Woman is red. But Nissa is a hero with a cause. Right? She's seen the destruction of many of planes. Her society's been riled up. And now she's out there to literally be a shield to prevent worlds from falling to this again and by using nature and the powers around her which i feel like is something that wonder woman does and i feel like 
I feel like their characters are very similar, minus the invisible jet. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't. Well, in place of the invisible jet, we've got V two Gazi. I mean, I think Wonder Woman, and this, I think you're absolutely correct, but I would disagree with the idea that Wonder Woman, Diana is using nature. She's primarily relying on artifacts, actually. Like the lasso of truth, the god killer. Yeah, she's using history. Which yeah. I, I kind of like... Nature and history, I think, are... are they're green, Are but, two but, old forces. But artifacts. Lasso of truth. Sure. Okay. All right. Are there any women Glass. planeswalkers that are blue-white? Uh, Narset. No, I don't think OG she's... OG Narset. I don't think would, she's blue-white, though. <laughs> no, Narset w- wouldn't really fit the bill. So... No. Uh, last question by Ben McGraw. What professionals are definitely green but aren't stereotypically green? Like a farmer would is their example, or a ranger is stereotypically green. Is this the same Ben McGraw that goes to our local game store? Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. hi Ben. Hi Ben. <laughs> so I think um, history. I think uh, history is a really big aspect of green that Bob pointed out that often gets overlooked. So. Historians, uh, I think like archaeologists and conservationists are definitely uh, green, even if they don't work within the field of like conserving plants or whatnot or, or animals. Like I think that folks like, for example, at the Field Museum, I think like field scientists are definitely green. I think social workers are green white because yeah. they're about fostering life and energy by returning order. So I would say maybe not mono green, but I think it's a very green profession. I think nurses and doctors could be in that same camp as well. Yeah, definitely blue green. I would say for going on with what Michelle said, I think oral tradition storytellers specifically who have a passion for keeping history alive and keeping it updated and sharing it with as many people as they can. That is, that is, I think that's a green. Uh, Professional civil war reenactors. Green. What, I would say what, what, green what, what, to keep history alive. To keep history alive, maybe green red. Uh, so I, think I would of say like green. I think there's also green white, green red. blue. Maybe I know. I know a lot of people think like green red down with society. Everything burns. But I mean, like for example, what what do you attribute to red white? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about red white? Boros Legionnaire. Bor- Boros Legionnaire, right? <laughs> yeah. Like amass an army and turn everything sideways. But, and I, I know this card is probably like strikes a chord with you all, but the heartwarming reunion yeah. was a red white card from. Carthartic reunion. No, the heart. No, he's talking about Gideon's Gideon, death. And, and it, was, it was this entirely different dimension of red white, yeah. like, because it was emotional. And I don't really know why it was white. Gideon's uh, portrait. It's white because it's Gideon. Oh. Right? Like, you're talking about a strictly white character. This character that's been nothing but white his entire existence. That sounds really terrible when you put it into words. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. We're, yeah, we're talking about... But he's, his color identity has been white. Yeah. And it's never... Never wavered. It's it's always tricky to talk about uh, the white color pie and the black color pie because those specific words have like real world meanings. But I think our listeners know what we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, skin uh, cones. We're talking about. I, I think ca- counselors would also fall into maybe a green category as well. Green, red or green, white. A lot of just supporting and nurturing and healing of minds and bodies in order to you know making sure that people are in their most natural state also i'll put forth yoga instructors <laughs> yoga instructors are blue they're deceptive what? they're evil no <laughs> wow tell us how you feel um, about yoga Bob. but you know yogmoth was a yoga instructor <laughs> it's actually it's actually yog <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yaga. 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 But I actually think one of the most important jobs in the world is also green. What is They're that, Bob? Garbage men. Oh. Garbage men and recyclers. Mm. I think they are 100% mono green. That's really, really insightful. Not green black? No. Not like the Golgari? No. No. They're, they're, not a, they're not really in for the power. They're in it to keep things clean and to return things to the earth and respect the cycle of life okay and reuse that energy yes when you said they're not in it for the power i was just like 
the power of the, <laughs> the garbage, the garbage well, truck. Well, actually, you know, if you think about it, they they wield enormous power yeah. because, like, I think France a couple years ago, their garbage people went on strike and like the for, city caved. Is the city caved? It yeah. was almost like the French Re- Revolution yes. all over again, but with crusty baguettes on the street, <laughs> moldy, terrible cheeses not being taken away. <laughs> Maybe this. Oh, one's you guys, you, you both are so bad. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. What about grade school teachers? I think so. Yeah. Little kid teachers. Now, I think these these teachers almost have to be five color. Like they don't. That, teachers almost have to be Wooberg because they need a little bit of everything because they're awesome for one. But yeah, I think green is actually a very important aspect for teachers. And it's it's super deep. And um, I think that. Hey, let's go on to the next question. Oh, that was the last one. That was the last question. Oh, that was the last question. Yes. There was a lot of questions, though. Thank you so much to everybody who submitted questions for today. Yeah. And, yeah. With that, I think we're going to go ahead and call it a wrap. Oh, thank you so much again to our listeners, to our Patreon patrons. We can't do this without you. And to our wonderful sponsors over at Card Kingdom. If you'd like to support us and need to get some of that Modern Horizon action, please use our affiliate link, www.cardkingdom.com slash Lorgoifs. The set looks so good. It looks uh, so good. As a Vorthos person, as somebody who will sparingly play Commander with Michelle's decks, <laughs> and as somebody who's like really interested in modern and fun, goofy limited sets, like this set checks all of the boxes, especially the flavor box, especially the art box. The art in this set oh, is wow. just mind blowingly amazing. The flavor to AE. I know you worked on a team with the set, but you're not willing to tell me anymore. Uh, Why would I tell you anything? That's a good point. I know this. You don't even have to say it. I would like Um, to bounce off that, though, because it also checks the complication blocks. Oh, yeah. So in those pre-releases, please, please, please emphasize patience and caring, especially if you have a new player coming in to play Modern Horizons. They're going to make mistakes. Help them. Be kind. Yeah. Be generous. My Sliver Legion has every keyword ever printed and every activated ability and every ability and they're just like everything. And I know all of our listeners are that awesome that they do that anyway, but yeah. just just promote it within it, your LGS. If oh. I play Slivers at another Grand Prix, I'm not going to tell my opponent anything. Uh, okay. <laughs> Michelle, do you have a tumbleweed there? <laughs> on, on that note, I think we should go ahead and close out this awesome episode. I want to host Michelle. I'm Justin. I'm AE. And I'm scared. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Mittens, is that you? Meow. Lucky is a good fortune unicorn, my rainbow sparkled ass. Oh, oh, oh god! The smile!
Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Michelle was in the kitchen, barreling over in laughter. I don't think I've ever seen her so proud of Doug. Okay, have fun. I had no idea when I wrote this that you were going to think it would be this funny. Now, whenever you're having a bad day, we all know that we just have to come in and say, Swords! <laughs> Dying. Okay, so next is Bladeback Sliver. I, I, I look at this chonky boy. I look at his, uh, not his, but there. Sorry, I keep misgendering the slivers. I'm so sorry. Great. Could we have uh, a few more whimpers? <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> Oh, go it's, ahead. Oh, it's always wonderful to hear from the little people. Oh, shush. <laughs> shush. Are you talking about my slivers again? Yeah. <laughs> Your designer sheets from Vera yeah. Wang. I feel like you have to start with the moi. Also, like a little any bit. Any good maniacal laugh. Also, a little bit. You start like low and slow. It's like, ah, and then you just kind of like, you know. How would the scarecrow laugh? High and shrill? Like high pitched shrill. Yeah, high pitched. Wheezy, wheezy, artificial. Should be perfect with your sore throat. Wheezy. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Perfect. That was perfect. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. What? What? No. Wait, who? Swords! (laughs) Swords! (laughs) I like swords! And you know, it's also really interesting that you mentioned slivers. No, it's my mochi now. You're getting the blueberry one? That one looks like a nipple. I, I think that he would wear a guy liner because Yawkmuth is just that weird. He would also wear war paint. Ugh. Brian, just, the, just, just wear makeup, guys. Like, it's, makeup is fun. Like, just wear makeup. Brian, if you want to wear makeup, just wear makeup. All right, we're done, Yosh. Thank you so much. Thank you for an hour and a half of your life. Plus, because you have to edit this. We love you. Bye. This is the best episode ever. Yeah.